Welcome back everybody to Camera Ready. And um, today I am looking forward to sitting down with the lovely Breck, who some people have said we look a lot of like, or maybe I could be her mother, or maybe yeah. her sister, depending on the day, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm um, really excited to sit down and chat with her and have her share her story with you all on um, kind of starting off in the business um, younger and and you know getting to travel the world and working in some of the biggest cities in our industry and um, really excited to have her share her story. So welcome Miss Bragg. She's like here you are. She's like okay what are we doing? What am I supposed to say? How is this gonna work? <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Well it's kind of fun because um, Miss Breck has been working with us for about six months, yeah, six probably. Months. Yeah, I think so. And um, Adam, who had worked with us before, and many people, he was a, a guest of mine on the podcast many times, but um, he was on his way out and moving to L.A., and he said, Cherie, I'm giving you a big present in the end. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I hope it's a fantastic gift. And he said, well, actually, it's um, a model that I scouted. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And then he scouted Breck. At a random bar one night. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, uh-huh. Yeah, we weren't there. My boyfriend actually went in to go to the restroom, and he, I was standing by the restroom, and all of a sudden, Adam comes out and says, like, are you a model? And I thought it was one of those weird things. You're like, oh, no. Like, Don't bother me. And then he said he was an agent, and next thing you know, I was signed. And here you were, right? Yeah, yeah. So what's Breck's story in the, what, what is the background of you in the business and how you got into this industry, this lovely industry? So it's really interesting. My father, Blair Gamble, he... What's did, the name? Blair Gamble. Blair, I like yes, it. Yes, he did some modeling in Chicago um, in college and didn't do too many big things, but he had talked about it a lot when I was younger and... I was always super interested in doing it, mm -hmm. and I one day decided to send in some pictures randomly when I was sick from high school, and I never got sick from high school, and my parents said if my grades didn't go up that I wasn't able to sign with an agency, uh -oh. so while they were out of the house, I sent pictures on my own, and next thing you know, we were going up to Chicago the next Monday and meeting with three different agencies, and then... About two weeks later, I was signed with, um, at the time, it was Factor Chosen in Chicago, mm -hmm. and that's where everything started. Mm -hmm. And how old were you? I was 16. Okay. Yeah. And what did your parents think of, of that? You know, they were kind of upset because I went behind their back and sent in the pictures, but, you know, my dad, because of his, you know, his going into modeling when he was in college, he understood the business, so he was actually really happy with how it turned out and excited. He wasn't one of those parents who was like, well, this is a stupid thing to waste your time on. He looked at it, he's always looked at it as a career. Sure. So they were very smart. And that's, that's a really big benefit in yes. your in your in your um, side of things because some so many parents that we deal with you know I have to kind of reiterate how this right. works and obviously our industry gets a lot of bad raps you know for oh, many different reasons yeah. and especially for girls getting into it at 16 years old right yeah. and so um, I think it's important to know that um, not everybody necessarily has a supportive parent yeah which can be very hard I've talked to a lot of girls who didn't have that supportive parent and mm -hmm. over the years it's made me very very grateful for mm -hmm. having my parents and my mom you know she loves to brag about me so well that's what moms <laughs> do that's the best thing they can do right oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So you're at you're 16. You're kind of like living in the suburb of Chicago, right? Yeah, so and I, kind of coming into the city for things. Or yeah. So I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, which is two and a half hours south of Chicago, actually. And they would have runway review on Thursdays, and then every other Thursday they do kind of a to talk about food and how to be healthy. Never tell you not to eat. You know how. How to be healthy about it. The sure. Ex, like the exercising throughout the day, rather, like working it into your schedule rather than it being a task. Yep. And I would drive up to Chicago every Thursday. I would actually leave school early. I don't know how I graduated. I love <laughs> I this. Uh-huh. But because my dad did look at it as a career, you know, we talked to him and we were like, this is something that I'm going to be doing after high school. So I was traveling six hours every Thursday. <gasps> yeah. By yourself. Yeah, well, or somebody started, would go with you. Yeah, okay. With my dad, and then that's kind of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. We got you know to connect on the two mm-hmm. and a half hour drive. Yeah, it was good. And so were you starting then, I mean, at 16, in some of the markets, there's not a whole lot of opportunity. I mean, you were really kind of in development and starting to just do the runway review, figuring out, you know, how to yeah, meet with clients. Yeah, it was a lot of learning. Just yep. the first couple of years, you know, a lot of people yep. talk about how everybody's career is different in modeling. You know, you can do one show and then you're set up, you're doing Prada and everything like that. And some people, it takes a few years. So it took me actually about three years to actually be working. It was three years of me dedicating a lot of time to going up and being a part of the runway review, being Mm -hmm. a part, always being there, even though I wasn't working. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money that goes into it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, gas, you know, to stay, you get one little job that's a hundred bucks and it's like, you're spending a lot more, but it, it takes a lot of time. Well, and I think that's a really important point because so many things that you're working towards, let's say you go to college, right? Mm-hmm. And you're working that whole time. You're getting your experience. You're figuring out what the business is like, what kind of path you want to take. You know, you're you're kind of setting up the foundation for your career per se. Right. And you're investing money. You're yeah, investing I time. I think it's important for people, like you said, to look at it like that. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people do go to college. I mean, I know a lot of people who went didn't know what they were doing. They changed their major, everything like that. And they're investing thousands of dollars doing that. And I think people who are looking to model should look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, every career has where you need to have a few years of figuring it out. And modeling right. is, you know, driving and being there and being available whenever you're needed. Well, and taking apart, taking advantage of those situations. Like, right. okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to be in front of the agents every Thursday and right, I'm going right. to be top of mind and I might not be ready yet, but when it's time, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be ready. <laughs> yeah. You always want to be, my dad always told me, you know, starting, he's like, you know, you're not making money right now and you're spending a lot, but, and you're missing a lot of things that your friends are doing. But at the same time, you being in front of your agents, even though you're not working, like your face is always in the back of their mind because you're there constantly. And that mm-hmm. plays a huge role mm-hmm. in when you're starting to take off as a model. Very much so. Um, so you finished high school. Finished you, high school. You graduated high school. Yes, I did. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> um, and then I got signed with IMG, actually. IMG Worldwide. It was a crazy experience we I met with them and I think not even a week later we heard from we really expected me to get signed in New York that was the plan and I had no idea you know I was new still at the time yeah I didn't even think about worldwide it wasn't in my brain at all so 
my agent called, you know, asking for a status of what's going on. They're like, oh, we're just waiting on Paris. So it was crazy. I was like, what? What does that mean? Where am I going? Now what am I doing? Can I drive to Paris? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. And I actually had never been out of the United States, not even Mexico at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think we went to Canada once. And anyway, so I get signed. And next thing you know, I'm in Australia for three months. My mom was actually able to come with me since it was the first time me going out of the country. I freaked out a bit. Um, she stayed for about three weeks, planned two weeks, and then was having a good time. So uh-huh. like, well, that's great. So she got to go with you on kind yeah. of your first trip. So, yes. so let's backtrack a little bit. So you sign IMG Worldwide, and that basically means that every place that IMG has an office, you're represented by IMG as a whole. Right, right. And so then they decided, like, Australia would be the best market for you? Yeah, so Australia is great only because there, it's such a smaller market. There's not as many models, and you get great opportunities. I mean, yep. not a lot of times do people say, I want to look at Australia Vogue, but it's a great time to sit there and work in front of a camera because mm-hmm. you have editorial. And I came from a commercial area, you know, working Chicago, polls, doing e-com. And I didn't really get the chance to do editorial. And that's editorial is totally different. You're moving in front of the camera. You're pretending the camera isn't there. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. And so Australia is great in that aspect where you get to practice but also are getting paid to do it exactly yes we've we've had a lot of success in sending um girls well and guys there for that matter and the tears are beautiful the work is fantastic um they speak english yeah people love that so it's actually like a great transition for girls for some of their first trips to go because it's not um you know, there isn't as much of a culture shock mm-hmm. because food is similar, um, you know, the, obviously the language, um, and it's a beautiful city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, yeah. Um, and so how long were you there? I was there for three months. Okay. So I... Mom left after three weeks and you were on your own. And I was on my own, yeah. Okay. I was taking the bus by myself, doing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Staying in the model apartment? Oh, yeah. The okay. model apartments, yes. They were great. <laughs> and did... Um, and so when you came home, were you like, okay, I've kind of got the, the bug to travel? Uh, yeah, I think after that, I couldn't stay in a place for too long. I mm-hmm. wanted to constantly be traveling. And after that, I think I went, oh gosh, it's been a long time. Um, I think London, which London was great too. The people are great, you know, you can understand that. Another great place, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly, to go. Yeah, I stayed there for, I think, two months. And then after that, I went to Paris, which... This is where the struggle of modeling comes in because you're traveling so much and I was so young, I didn't know my body. And also at 16, 16 to like 20, your body changes completely. Yep. You know, you're, you're this little tiny girl who eats a ton and can eat all day and not gain any, any weight. And then I was turning, I think 18 or 19. Wait, when did I go to Australia? Australia was 18, so I was turning probably like 21. Mm-hmm. And that's when my body was like, oh, you can't do this anymore. So when right. I was in Paris, I was actually over my measurements. So I really wasn't working. I actually had stayed there for three months and had one job. Mm-hmm. And I bring this up because it's not always easy. Like right. in my, the beginning of my career was great. You know, I got signed with IMG. It's a big whirlwind. And 
with Paris, you get into this funk, and it's it's very lonely. You feel like you're being judged and whatever, but you also always have to remember that so many models go through that. Mm-hmm. So many models sit there and gain weight and whatever. Not that gaining weight is bad. I want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, and, and so that the listeners know also, I mean, obviously, Breck is, a, you know, 5'10", five 5'11", foot five foot very sample size girl, Um two maybe on your biggest day yeah <laughs> uh size two and um so those types of bodies especially when you're in a market like paris i mean that is highly coveted and they're after you for that size yeah. right and so certainly traveling not knowing your body and then also being in a time of life where it's like okay well my body's changing i'm not a teenager yeah. anymore <laughs> and I'm in Paris. You're doing hot yoga uh-huh. and it's not doing anything. You're like, oh, this is going great. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's something, too, as girls start to live on their own. Right. Make their own food, make their own schedule as far as for exercising. And then you're traveling. You have temptations of, like, going out and doing your own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, staying out late, eating shitty, yeah, whatever. Sometimes if you are working, you know, working long days, you know, yep. you don't know the food. There's a lot of people who are vegan. There's a lot of people who are gluten free and you don't always get that. I think, the, right. I think the biggest lesson to give about the weight thing is really learn how to cook your food and know what you're doing and bring your own food because mm-hmm. yes, we are, you know, we are working for someone and they're paying us and everything like that. But they also don't know everything if you're gluten-free or whatever. And, you know, there's always a slight chance that they don't ask the agent about that. So you also never want to complain about the food. You want to sit there and be like, hey, this is what I've chosen to do in my diet or right. day-to-day life. And yep. I have to bring that in, you know. Right. It's like you going to a restaurant and expecting them to have everything, sure. you know, that you like. not, not real. And that's <laughs> true. I mean, most of the time, I mean, I'm always like, bring your snacks, right. bring, you know, bring a couple of power bar. Oh, who knows? Because whatever is coming, you know, right. it might not be solely indicative of your diet or what you're choosing right. to eat. They're also feeding the photographer, the hair and makeup, the stylists, like all the tech people. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that. And <laughs> I mean, yes, you're a priority as a model, but you may not get your, you know, yeah. dietary and needs met. if they met. don't have your food, you know, it doesn't mean you're not a priority. And right. I think that that's what a lot of people have to understand. Mm-hmm. It's not that they were, like, singling you out because really sure. they just didn't know. Right. <laughs> they just didn't know. And, uh, and again, those are the things that you kind of learn over time. Right, right. Um, so you're in Paris. You're not working. You're going through the body change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was a little bit later for you, probably. It was, it was uh-huh. yeah, I, I was very surprised. I called my mom a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing anything, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And so in that time, did you were you out exploring? Did you see the city? Did you enjoy that? Or you were in a depression? I was in a depression, truthfully. I really, I went into the agency. They take digitals, you know, because they do want to make you feel comfortable. But they are going to tell you, hey, your measurements are... This is where they are. Yeah, and they never made me feel bad about it. Right. I mean, I felt bad about it. I was spending money to live in Paris, and I wasn't working. Mm -hmm. You know, I I was. And people ask me all the time when I tell them this story. They're like, oh, why didn't you go see things? And when you're in that headspace, you don't want to. Mm -hmm. You really don't know how to enjoy things because you feel as if you're failing. Sure. And that's not the case. Right. Yeah, and I think it's also um, something for you for for models to know that there's different times in your life where um, 
your body could be changing your yeah. well we've flights had, even flights sure. like they mess with you know the menstrual cycle sorry to say that no, <laughs> but, it's okay you know they do and that that also causes late things you know mm-hmm. bloat everything like i know i've missed mine a couple times this year and people ask me well are you what's going on right okay? like yeah i just flew 20 times in one right. week you know and it changes everything and i think a lot of people forget I think it's for women especially, it changes mm-hmm. their body. For mm-hmm. men, I don't know, I can't speak for them, but for women, because we have the menstrual cycle and everything like that, it's, weight is a very, mm-hmm. you know, stop and go thing. Right, <laughs> and we used to, when I've had girls go to Asia and they've been on contracts before and, you know, it says here are their specific measurements and mm-hmm. the Asian markets are, I mean, to like a, to like a quarter of an inch. I mean, they are like specific. Right. And so we've had girls before who have, I've done the measurements like two days before they leave, all the digitals confirming everything, blah, blah, blah. They get there, you know, two days later and the measurements are up and they're yeah. like, what's going on? You know, you lie. It's like, no, because they just flew for 15 hours. Mm-hmm. They're retaining water. Can you give them like literally right off the plane into the agency? And it's yeah. like, okay. And then as they had about a week or so, things flushed out and they kind of like, you know, got into some kind of routine. But right. Which is um, hard too because there's so many people who have been in the industry longer than me. I mean, I'm only 24, you know. Right. I talk about these things and even talking now, you would think that people who are in the industry would understand that. Like mm-hmm. the 15-hour flight, you know, right. you know because you're the agent. You're like, hey, these are my girls. I know where they're at. I'm right. not lying. But you would think that like casting directors and stuff mm-hmm. like that know those changes. And mm-hmm. what's harder about modeling is there's hundreds of girls. They can get girls anywhere. Mm-hmm. So when you do have that little problem, it's scary because it's like, like am I going to lose my chance? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. It would be nice if people would notice, hey, we're women. Have a little gratitude. (laughs) Well, true. Very true. Um, And, you know, the thing about, like, Paris, I mean, it's one of my most favorite cities. But like you said, when you're there and you're not in the right headspace, my thing to people, to girls who are traveling and they get there, and maybe it's the first trip and or second trip-ish, and they're just kind of getting their footing. And I said, you know, if you don't have something today and you know that you're free or this weekend, you better get out there. Right. You better get out there. You better see the sights. I want you there. I want you to explore. I want you out there. I mean, today... um, I mean, all of the the places and things that you can see when you're in those markets. I mean, I when I was younger in modeling and, you know, I was in Milan one summer and it was like every weekend we were off traipsing around, you know, because we wanted to see. And I think about like just being I didn't have an iPhone. Right. (laughs) There was no like GPS. I mean, I literally had like the map out and like trying. I mean, and it sounds crazy when I say it today because our life is so accessible. We can get everywhere. We can get everywhere. We can see everything um so it was such a different time in exploring but it's such an important part of the travel experience i think for for models is to see the world it is there's and that was just paris for me you know i I didn't really see much and i've actually been there more times than australia so luckily i got to go back and see but yeah i think it's very important to tell girls that like hey get out there don't just Mm -hmm. be don't be so caught up in the work that you're right. not seeing the world. I mean, you're in a beautiful city. Like Australia, I traveled all the time. I went everywhere. I made so many friends. You know, London was great. I got to see everything there. Mm-hmm. So it is nice. It's, it's crazy sometimes when people ask you about it because you put it in the back of your head because you are there for work. You know? Right. And, but it's also like, hey, I've actually kind of vacationed. I've kind of been. I've kind of been around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So after Paris, did you make it back to New York? 
I did. So it was actually, I went to Australia before I went to New York, actually, which was interesting. So then I met my agents in New York and started working there, did shows, um, did the whole thing, did um, New York, Milan, Paris, uh, London. Yeah, did the okay. whole the whole round. And did the whole circuit each time, each season then? Yeah, so the first two seasons I did, and then the third, actually, the first season I did, and the second season I just did London. And okay. I went to Milan, I walked one show there, and then I went to Paris. So I actually skipped New York the second year. Okay. Yeah. How was the first round in New York? It was good. It was interesting. I mean, it was my first time walking shows, going mm-hmm. to the going to the castings. Castings were crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a big cattle call, and you're sitting there, and you're like, do they even know I'm here? Like, right, exactly. What's going on? And most of the time, I mean, you can be from, like, five to ten castings a day. Oh, yeah. Running like, like a I chicken. Mean, I think, not in New York, but in Paris, I actually had a knee problem. I was walking everywhere. <laughs> we don't need a knee problem, yeah, no! I got, I got to this point where I literally could not walk. I had to call an Uber because you're walking to so many castings. I mean, you can have up to eight castings a day. And half the time you can't make the last two. And then right. you have to add those on to the next, next day. Thing. Yeah. So it was it was hectic. Castings are crazy. <laughs> and so when you're there and you're at the casting and meeting with the designer or the casting director, do you usually have a feeling like that went well? If I'm gonna get it yeah. or not? Never. Mm-hmm. So it can there's actually been so many times where I've walked out of the casting and said, Oh, they're definitely not gonna hire me and those are the ones I book. Uh huh. So I guess if we were going backwards, yeah. <laughs> but, sure. Now when you but, look back at it, yeah. But there's been times where, you know, the, it, people always you ask me that how's the casting go, and you never know because right. truthfully, the casting director, if the you know the the main person isn't there, mm-hmm. they could give you a good vibe, but if they're not there, you have no idea. Right, and maybe so, they're not the ultimate decision maker. Right, exactly. And then there's they so do a video, they do digitals, they have you fit, and then yeah. you're like, okay, well, we'll see what happens there. I mean, there. I've, I fit for Versace. Um, I was one of the girls who fit, like, five dresses, and I was like, oh, I'm for sure going to get it. Right. I didn't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of times where you walk in, and they look at you, and they're like, okay, you're done, and you're like, oh, that didn't go well because it went so fast. There's yeah. someone else who... Or it went really well, and they already know. They're like, great. Yeah, so you never really know. I mean, you don't know how people think, so you can't really figure it out. Trust Mm -hmm. me, I still try to figure it out. She's like, did that go well, or did it not? I'm not sure. Um, So then, um, was there any, like, great uh, kind of accolade show, breakout show for you that was like, okay, now I'm doing this? Yeah, so I actually, New York went really well. It was, I did Kate Spade, and... That was actually the year that she passed, uh, and it was a beautiful show in yep. her honor. Okay, so I that remember was huge that. to me. Yes, and then I walked the Ralph Lauren show, which was the 50th anniversary, which mm. was huge. That's that was amazing. Really same year. Great. Yes. Okay. And then that same year, I went to London and walked for Burberry, and that was that was great too. Big. So, yeah. So Three those were big things that I haven't thought about at all. <laughs> yeah, but then that was kind of the breakout year. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. and so in. So in doing the shows then, what kind of momentum do you think that that brings to the model following doing something like that? I think it's changed a lot. Um, what was that, three, four years ago? Um, yeah. It, 
it definitely brings attention 100 mm-hmm. percent. that's why people do shows because you make it the campaign since mm-hmm. i walked for ralph you know i make it the campaign so there's always that i didn't personally but i know many of my friends have you know the walk for my friend amanda murphy actually she did Prada or walked Prada and next thing you know she's all over the Prada you know billboards and right stuff, so. true so yep. it does it brings but there's also you know hundreds of girls so it may not happen for you but it brings a lot of potential to the work that you get I was working mm-hmm. for Narciso that year like doing fittings and stuff like that and who knows if that was because I did the shows or mm-hmm. not yeah you, know, yep. you never really know right and I think now I mean back then and probably up until the last several years yeah Everything was based on, on the shows, the shows. and yeah. like who opened, who closed, right. exclusives, you know, right. what whatever it was, wh- whatever was happening at that time, you know, or they'd hold these girls back to try to, you know, only yes. confirm an like exclusive, correct. Right. And so, I think there's still a bit of that. I think there's today, still a bit but of that. yeah, but definitely has changed. It's definitely <laughs> changed, and now, um, whereas. Fashion Week or the shows, especially in the major markets, those were very specific mm-hmm. into measurements, into you know heights. Oh, I mean, um, the fact that you know at the time, and granted, this is kind of when I was, um, you know, in the early, in the nineties when like Kate Moss was walking shows and she's barely five seven, right, like, right. and that was like a complete like whoa, you What's know. Absolutely. That was like, okay, this is like not a show girl per se. Um, Whereas today, I mean, the heights aren't an issue. Size, I mean, we're seeing all different sizes on the runway, um, which has taken me for as long as I've done this a long time to kind of like, okay, this is like amazing now. Yeah. And now when you see it and you see the opportunities that can happen for all different, for for everybody, I'm like, this is actually amazing. Even when I did shows, you know, they Mm -hmm. didn't have girls like that. That was only four years ago. So the last two years, I think, I mean, with COVID and everything, obviously that changed everyone. Sure. But right before that, I think is when it It was was changing. changing. Mm -hmm. So to see it, it's beautiful. I mean, I was in, a couple show seasons ago, I was in New York and I saw, I forget who it was, but I saw the lineup and I was like, that's amazing. I mean, these women are being empowered by being mm-hmm. able to walk down the runway and they didn't mm-hmm. used to have that. So yes. And so that part of our industry has changed yes. and there is still the component of the standard kind of runway girl that oh, yeah. I don't think will ever go away. Um, but the doors have opened. I think they've opened a lot bigger than they ever have. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and you're like, okay, wow, this is, um, we have a girl now that um, who's really on the rise, and she's barely five, seven. Oh, really? And, but she's, I mean, we're going to, she'll probably be prepping to walk for the fall just because she's very of the times, you know, and very, I mean, she's had, she's done some really great, um, campaign, um, campaigns that have obviously caught the attention of a lot of the casting directors and things. So it's all intertwined. And I think that that's one of the things that people, um, don't necessarily always realize about our industry how small it is, oh my gosh, how so connected <laughs> it is, how everybody knows each other. We have this funny story. So, <laughs> Breck was in a couple of uh, weeks ago, and uh, we had a casting here for an agency in New York. And the the scout who was here, who is I've worked with for a very long time, she and I had been out to lunch, and we came back into the office after the lunch for her to meet some of our girls. And Brett came running up to me, and she's like. I know her. And I'm like, 
you do. And she's like, that's the woman who started my career, she you know. started my career. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, and here we are all this time later. Yeah. You're in Arizona now. Mm-hmm. She's coming from New York to Arizona to Scout Girls. Right. And here's Breck. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of full circle. It's really interesting, too, because people ask me, they're like, isn't it crazy, like, how big of an industry? And I'm like, it's huge. Don't get me wrong. It's a huge industry. Right. But the people in it. Mm-hmm. But also, maybe we just have, like, really good brains because we can hold so many people around. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think if, it's, like, my mom met as many right. people as I do, they'd be like, I don't know that person. Where'd they come from? Right. You know? and, <laughs> but also, like, the key um, the key players, yeah. those are the ones, you know, that oh, you yeah. tend to see. Yeah. Agent-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really crazy. So, what brought you out to Arizona? So... My boyfriend, actually. A boy. Yes, a boy. It's always a boy. Um, But I, you know, I was in New York, and then because of COVID, it was kind of going slow, and I realized I didn't want to be in a city. I think I've talked to a lot of people that are like, I don't want to be in a city Most of people, I think that's what happened. That's why they all came to Arizona. Yeah, (laughs) don't get me wrong. Arizona is a city. Like, I live in downtown Phoenix, but it's not New York. It's not L.A. It's, you know, Sedona's two hours away. It's, yep. it's great. So I, I moved here, of course, for a boy, but I didn't do it without thinking about it. First. Was the boy already here? <laughs> he was. Okay. Yes, and you met him? His family lives here. He's actually from Peoria, Illinois, where okay. I'm from. Got it. Um, but his dad lives in Peoria, Illinois, and his mom lives here in Arizona. That's where she grew up. So this is how then he got here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then you're like, I'm coming to Arizona. Yep. And, you know, I work in L.A. a lot now. Um, signed with Ford, what, two, three months ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a six-hour drive, which sounds very long to some people, but it's not to me. <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, especially to be working in a major market yeah. in, a, in a drive. I mean, yeah. you were obviously... Doing that, getting to Chicago, um, yeah, but I, was used to it. I think that's me being in Peoria and driving up to Chicago. Honestly, shaped the way I want to, like the way I'm available for my clients. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll drive mm-hmm. there. You can tell me at midnight, and I'll leave that right then. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm getting in my car. I'll be yeah. there. Um, so you talk about some of these, like you know, shows that you've done. Obviously, with some major um, household brand names. Is there anything else? Um, that was kind of like a career highlight or something where you were like, okay, I, this is actually like, wow, I'm doing this. Like I'm actually a model. Yeah. There's been a <laughs> lot. I mean, even e-com, like I did, so I did the show for Ralph Lauren and then after that I didn't work with them at all. And actually a year and a half, two years ago, they started booking me for e-com. And I think it was just one of those, like, oh, wow, I'm a model, you know? I right. Was, I was working in between those years of not working for them, but it kind of just made me realize, like, oh, I'm back. Like, I'm back in New York working for Ralph Lauren. And it just, there's so many things throughout the day that remind you that you're a model. Like, right. You talk to everyone, and they're like, oh, you're beautiful all the time. You do this all the time. And, you know, you don't always feel like that. There's sure. a lot of mental stuff that goes into models. Oh, for sure. That you... Don't even think about it. You mm-hmm. go to the job, you do your job, and it's your job. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So there's, but there's a lot of times where people will say things or I'll be in the car driving somewhere and I'm like, or this person, this almost famous person is calling me about a job and you're just like, why do I have this person's number? Right. Saved in my phone? Why is this person calling me? I'm a model. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So uh-huh. stuff like that. But. But I think one of the things that's really great about you is that you are very down to earth and you are very humble and very, um, you're not caught up in the industry, which I think so many times that's 
one of the biggest downfalls for yeah. girls who start to go um, who have some success, who have some momentum, especially in those bigger markets. And it's like, they forget where they came from. They forget kind yeah. of like the struggle. They forget those things. And oh, it's yeah. like, oh, now I'm, you know, so-and-so. And it's like, oh, okay, great. Well, yeah. that was fun. I've always, yeah, I've always tried to keep myself very grounded, grounded mm-hmm. in that aspect. I think, you know, being from Peoria, Illinois, there's not a lot of models that come out of there. Mm-hmm. So that whole time that I was modeling, I was still living in Peoria, Illinois. Mm-hmm. I was just had a full suitcase with, you know, summer clothes, winter clothes, and all these types of shoes and living out of that. But when I was done in New York for three, like after being there for three months or being in Australia, I would come home for at least like two weeks. And right. I think that's what always kept me grounded because, you know, you go home and they don't look at you as a model. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're, they're like, like oh, okay, get back to, yeah. She missed all these days. So how you, you know, yeah. that stuff. But I think even if I didn't have that, I think I would have still, I've always tried to be grounded. I, mm-hmm. you know, I've met some people who are like that, who get very caught up in it. And these girls are younger than me and doing it less time than me, you know, and it's very easy to get in your head. You're working with amazing people all the time. You're mm-hmm. constantly surrounded by beautiful clothes and, you know, so just so many people. And I think you can get lost in that. So I've always tried to well and I think that that's also a trait that people um, are gravitated towards in working with you too because it's like oh I can actually I kind of like like her yeah and a lot of times you know I mean your job as the model is obviously to do your job make the clothes look great appease the client blah 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 but also I think a lot of times models get rebooked and rehired because you're easy to have on set you know they're going to be there they're going to be professional there's not going to be um you know any issues when it comes to that and it's like I could when we're having lunch I could actually probably talk to her yeah yeah no I and I love that every time I want a job you know I never I never like like go away from the job, but I, I try to keep on task, and we do, but I also make the little personable, you know, conversations yeah. with people. I think I've, I mean, I've worked with girls and guys who are on their phone constantly, which is totally mm-hmm. fine. People have stuff to get do. You know, I have emails to check, and so do the people you're working for, but I think to just be very self-aware is very mm-hmm. important, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, making eye contact, talking to these people, noticing that, you know, you're on a job, and you guys are here together is very important. I yeah. Think Every being present in that being yeah present yeah mm-hmm. i think like the way i think of it is this is my family for the day and mm-hmm. these are the people i'm around this is who i'm going to be sitting at lunch with mm-hmm. you know there's i've seen people walk away and go eat lunch in the like fitting room right you know? and mm-hmm. i've just never been that person i always try to be there and i mm-hmm. think that is important i think i've gotten booked on a lot of jobs simply from mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. I think that's most important. Being somebody that people want to have around. Yeah. And somebody who's also going to make um, everybody on set's job easier, right? right? Because at the end of the day, I mean, this we're very privileged to all work in this yes. industry. Yes. And it's um, it's fun and exciting. And But at the end of the day, it's a job. It it's is. a business. I, as the agent, want you to get there to do your job so that you can, you know, right. the client pays the invoice. We don't get any calls. <laughs> I mean, all the same things, right? Yeah. The client wants to produce the job for, you know, for the people that they have on set, the photographer wants to get right. out of there on time. I mean, everybody, it is their job at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. Yes. It's an exciting job, everybody but. To... <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you do anything to keep yourself grounded? Um, I do. I actually, I read a lot. 
Um, I'm one of those people that like bring a book on an airplane and actually read it. Okay. <laughs> and what are the books like? Like just. Uh, I have some very a little raunchy books Uh-oh. sometimes, but um, I actually a lot of wellness books. Um, I have this amazing book and I can't remember the name of it. Anytime someone asks me, I always go back to it. It's actually about drinking and just like factual things. Mm-hmm. I'm I like. You know, I like fiction, obviously, yeah. but I also love just well-being books. Mm-hmm. There's a few of them. I wish I would have brought them, so I knew That's okay, <laughs> but yeah. But I think it's important to know, you know, as well, like, mentally in this business, you have to stay pretty strong yeah and or have those people you can lean on that Mm -hmm. you know can kind of be your sounding board and there's uh, obviously a lot of expectations put on models put on them in different facets of their career right when you were in new york and you were doing that circuit and going paris milan i mean doing all of that that was that's a lot of pressure yeah i think also the reason i read those well-being books is because for a long time it was about who can i lean on at this point can i call Mm -hmm. my mom is she going to be up with the time change all these things and i think i think for me it's been really important and actually it's only been recently that i've really gone inward rather Mm -hmm. than outward Mm -hmm. like i i go on my hikes i sit down and i actually just breathe and i really just think about what's going on what's going on this week what's coming towards me what did i not get and is there something I can change? And if not, to let go. Like, mm-hmm. you, a lot of people, like you said, you know, who can I lean on? But at the same time, I think people really need to focus on being alone mm-hmm. because we are surrounded. We're the opposite of most people. We're right. surrounded by people constantly. Yep. And I think the and way, different energies. Right. Different energies. You're mm-hmm. reacting with so many people and staying in so many different places. And, you know, you're checking in here, checking out here. And I think. When you're able to settle or be alone in your room, you have to really look inward and say, okay, this is my time to be alone. Mm -hmm. What are my thoughts? What are my feelings? Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, I was talking to someone and they said we were pretty much acting. We Mm -hmm. really are. We're putting on a facade when we're at these jobs. And that's not always true. Like, I wear the same clothes. I'm the same type of person. But at the same time, you know, you're having all these conversations and it's not that they're forced but you're there with this person in this room you have to be having it right you need to have the time to be like who am i right and normally you might not be hanging out with that person just to be out of your own choice right right Mm -hmm. so i think it's very important for people to really take even five minutes of their time to like sit and think where am i what am i doing why am i here do i like this Am I happy? You mm-hmm. know, and just be constantly aware of that. Mm-hmm. It's very important. <laughs> well, and it's also like uh, you said. I mean, it's important that um, in our industry, your agents are in the loop, right? right? I mean, as far as how you're doing, we talked to a girl yesterday, and she's like, oh, "I'm not like mentally like terribly strong right now. I've had X happen in my life, or this happen, or Y Z, whatever." Um, and you don't necessarily have to like expose your whole book, but it's important um, certainly that the people who are helping manage you, the people who are helping to like you know further your career, right. are in the loop a bit. Um, no, completely. I mean, and not necessarily the whole thing. Like sometimes I'm like, oh god, I don't need all of this. Like stay back over there and just take take it all back. No. Yeah, boundaries. But, boundaries. But it's also important that you know um, that uh, if you're in a place where you're not feeling super strong mentally and all of a sudden it's like hey i'm throwing you out here you're you're leaving tomorrow for london it's like oh boy i better like you know 
having those, being able to have those people on your team yeah. that well, you feel like you can confide in. Yeah, mm-hmm. being comfortable enough with your agent to sit there and be like, listen, I had a really bad day. Hey, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can get on this flight. And I think that's a very, like, I think there's a lot of times that doesn't happen, but at the same time, even opening up about that mm-hmm. makes you feel like, oh, actually I am ready. Mm-hmm. Like I just needed to share that I'm not right. doing well. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. And I think your agent should definitely be someone you can confide in. Obviously, mm-hmm. yes, boundaries. They don't need to, you know, tell you sure. everything, give you the whole spiel. But yeah. it's to be aware that you have that person there is very helpful. Like, mm-hmm. there's been times in Australia where I was like, I'm not doing well. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm going downhill. Mm-hmm. I was working all the time, but mentally I was just done, you mm-hmm. know? And to share that even with my mom or, like, to tell the agents, like, hey, I might have to leave a week early because I just, I need time on my own is very important. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, you just, like, you're you're never forced to do what, to be doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's your job, you know. Sure. But also being, I think, getting to the space of being able to control those emotions Mm -hmm. and being alone, like I was saying earlier, is important and not having those issues and not, you know, being able to be completely there. And I think it's important, too, that, you know, so many of these the young girls get into the industry very young. Yes. And they, this is their whole world. Mm-hmm. And this is all that they're doing. And they're waiting for the phone call. They're waiting for the email. And it's almost this air of desperation. And right. I always say to them, you know, what else do you have? Who else do you have? Like, yeah. what what else are you interested in? Like, when you're not, when something isn't happening for you for modeling, what, what, what do you do with your free time? Can you go do yoga? Are you interested in reading? Do you like to paint? All these other things that right. doesn't consume your brain well, with that modeling. Was, that was a scary question for me. Mm-hmm. When I was asked that, I mean, I had people outside of the industry being like, so what else do you do? Because right. either they didn't look at modeling as a career or right. whatever, you know, so many things, but... I, I recall my boyfriend actually saying, like, so what are your hobbies? Because it was during COVID. We started dating during COVID, so he didn't see me working. Right. I was just, like, doing all those little things behind the scenes, you know, emails right. that he didn't see me write and stuff like that. And when he asked me that, I truly, like, I didn't have an answer. i have been traveling since 18. I'd right. been going nonstop. And when COVID happened, I really went through that moment of, the hell am I doing? Right. <laughs> what are my hobbies? Yeah. I still have that question. Do my I have my husband still asks me, Sheree, what do you do it for your hobby? I'm like, yeah. um, wait, wait, I'm still here 20 years later. You're asking me about this again? Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh. But no, I, I was forced to really look within, and that's why I'm talking about, you know, looking within yourself because I've been going for so long, and I'm like, you know what? I like painting. But then you also question yourself. You're like, or is that just an excuse? Do I ever really paint? You know, right. you go through those things where you're like, is that my hobby? Luckily, I think it is one of my hobbies. Well, there you go. So I paint all the time. I hike all the time. And when I say hike, it doesn't have to be two-mile hike. Right. Up, like, whatever. Right. Straight up. I simply, like, we have a place, Popco, um, over here. That's just pretty much flat, and there's yep. actually a road that people bike on, and me walking around that, that's my hike. You mm-hmm. know, I stop in the middle, and I read about five pages. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean I have to read a whole book when I stop. Like, right. These hobbies are simply just, like, little moments that you take for yourself, mm-hmm. and that's what you do. That's what you do on your off day. You mm-hmm. know, a hobby could literally be going to Ulta and buying some makeup. Yep. Like, you know, it's just taking what do you a do? moment alone. I go to Ulta and buy makeup. That's my <laughs> hobby, right? That's very fun. Well, 
Do you think, uh, so the podcast is called Camera Ready. And um, I always kind of ask the guests kind of in wrapping up is like, do you have a tip for listeners, any kind of listener, whether it's somebody who's trying to break into the industry, somebody who's already working in the industry, really anybody of how to be camera ready. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean... That's a crazy question. Isn't it, isn't it wild? Camera ready. I would say, for me, mentally ready. Mm -hmm. Because going into any casting, going yep. into any job, I mean, I had, I've had i had jobs where I am not mentally ready. Right. Therefore, it's caused me to be not camera ready. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not moving like I normally do, and I don't know why. Like, I'm eating healthy. My face looks great. I have no zits. You know, my skin's not dry. My hair looks awesome. <laughs> but, like, mentally, you're not moving. Like, you're not there. Mm -hmm. So, I think, for me, it's really not about the face. Yep. And I could sound... Nope, that's great. Horrible for saying that. No, but, no, that's know, great. Also taking care of everything, like your food, everything we do. I don't eat gluten. I also stay away from dairy. Sometimes I will eat dairy, you know, mm -hmm. but I also know the consequences. I break out because of it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, all the face things, body things. But sure. mentally, I think the best thing to do is be mentally ready because when you walk into a casting, they know that you're mentally ready. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, they know that. And that well. shows on your face. It does. Dun dun dun. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Breck, this was so very fun. You were a fantastic oh, and very fun guest. And um, everyone will see, uh, we'll post a little pic on our Instagram page as well um, of Miss Breck and I as um, our little twinsies. So thank you for being my guest, Breck. Thank you so much for